Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 207. Thank you so much for joining us for our first episode of August. I don't know about you guys, but quarantine went really, really slow. And I know we're still trying to quarantine to the best of our abilities, but now it seems like time is moving really, really quickly. So I can't believe it's August. But thank you for taking the time to join us today. If you missed on Friday, we did have a bonus episode where our friend Colleen from WDW Park Planners joined us. And we talked about the differences between each of the four Walt Disney World parks since they have reopened. So a really fun discussion. If you are looking to come to the parks, I think it's a meaningful discussion. But even if you're not, I think, uh, you know, I always like to be in tune with how things are operating and and how things are going. So hopefully we can shed a little light on that for you. Our guests today are Danny and Tony from the Mouse Park Insider Podcast. Catherine and I love this podcast. They share their opinions. They walk through different things. They share news, everything under the sun. And we especially like it because, you know, Catherine and I love Disneyland to the fullest extent because Danny and Tony are out on the West Coast. They're able to give us that West Coast perspective and give us a lot of the Disneyland content that we love so much. They've been doing a series recently going over Walt Disney World Park, so I'd highly recommend checking those out as well. Again, it's interesting hearing it from a Disneyland visitor's perspective. But we had a really insightful chat. We learned a lot about drive and passions and perseverance, and I think you guys will enjoy it. So I'm going to go ahead and play the episode with Danny and Tony, and thank you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 206. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a really exciting guest for someone we're so excited to chat with because we love talking to other podcasters. You know that we've mentioned that so many times, but it's so interesting to talk to people who are going through a lot of the same experiences that we are. And we know many of you listeners are thinking about podcasting as well. So it's Danny and Tony from the Mouse Park Insider Podcast. Really, really wonderful show they have going on over there. And they've kind of exploded onto the scene. I don't know if you'll say that, but I'll say that on your behalf. So guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to chat with you today. So first things first, if you could introduce yourselves, and if you have one, you share one random fact that we may not know about you from social media. Okay, well, my name's Tony. And I think that um, a good fact about me that I want you guys to know is that um, I, I don't really know. I guess I'm a huge sports fan. That's something that nobody knows about me. Um, <laughs> nobody knows that about me. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Dodgers fan and um, Chargers fan and uh, Penn State football fan. So go Penn State. 
We are. Yes, we are. <laughs> oh, do you have Penn State in your family? <laughs> I do. My dad went there. Oh, awesome. I went there. I love Penn State. So I got Tony into it. Um, so my name is Danny. Thank you guys so much for having us on. Um, fact about me, I guess I'm, I'm a type 1 diabetic. That's not known in our social media presence. So um, I am an insulin dependent diabetic and I walk around with a glucose sensor on my arm and my pancreas on my hip in the form of an insulin pump. So if you ever see me in the parks with weird things, weird machines keeping me alive, that's why. <laughs> Her fact is way cooler than mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are both so interesting. First, Tony, congrats on Mookie Betts. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say Mookie Betts is from Nashville, where we're from. I played against him many times. He hit uh, many home runs against my team. So <laughs> enjoy those home runs in Dodger Stadium. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He just signed a huge contract. I'm really excited for that. Uh, my claim to fame for a while. I don't think it's, it's true anymore, but for a while, Mookie followed me on Instagram. So (laughs) that's so cool. (laughs) Well, and, and, uh, Danny, I do think that is very interesting because that we've been exposed a little bit that there's like a big community of people who have dietary restrictions or or special things that they have to do in the parks. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is all the gluten-free people who have to find things that eat in the parks. So I don't know. I I bet you'll have somebody reach out to you who's in a similar situation and y'all can think about how you can enjoy Disney to the best that that you can and, and have somebody else that it's going through a similar experience. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, Disney snacks are worth all the extra insulin injections I take. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we want to start off, of course, by hearing about both of your Disney stories. You know, how did your love for Disney start? And then how has it kind of evolved over time? Uh, so I will start. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles and I kind of just went to Disneyland probably like annually, maybe twice a year with my family. So it wasn't like we were going all the time. Uh, we lived probably about like a half hour away, but I was always really obsessed with all of the Disney movies. And I mean, I used to go around my house singing all the Little Mermaid songs. I would be in our backyard in the pool pretending I'm a mermaid. Um, so I always just felt that big connection to Disney. And then growing up, uh, once I got into high school, I bought my first annual pass and I started going more frequently. And then by the time I was in college, I was going every week, if not more. So it just, it kind of just kept growing and growing for me. Yeah. And um, so for me, I pretty much grew up going to the parks. I live maybe about 25, 30 minutes away from Disneyland. And my family was always very huge on Disney. Um, We would go probably just about every weekend. and. so for me, definitely, I'm more of like a parks person growing up and Danny was more of the movie person growing up. And I think that reflects in who we are now, too. He's definitely more parks. I'm more movie. If you had to pick one or the other, you can't get rid of the Disney movies for me. <laughs> I will admit, though, I did love the movie Newsies growing up. Oh, and geez. I would no, no. And I would dance and sing as like a little kid in he the living room does. when no one was around. <laughs> and then finally, like that was like my first big moment where like a parent walks in your door and you turn around and you scream. Get out of here. <laughs> I was dancing singing to Newsies. Well, I mean, I think it's solidified now that when this episode drops, we're going to have to get some sort of Instagram story or video <laughs> proving <laughs> that you still know the choreography to Newsies. Oh, absolutely. I'm so down for that. <laughs> but I think, you know, those are both stories that so many people can relate to. I mean, especially anyone who says that they've never pretended to be a mermaid in a pool. <laughs> 
you're lying. Oh, so I think, you know, that's very close to our hearts too. Brendan, would you say you're more of a movies or a park person? Park. I kind of think I am too. So that's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've always been parks, but um, I mean, I waver back and forth, but I think that makes sense. And I'm, I am almost like enthralled with Disneyland local culture because we're so new to Walt Disney World local culture. And already there's been things that we did not anticipate or, you know, they're just a little bit different. But, you know, with just the two parks, do you end up seeing like a lot of the same people regularly if you're going (laughs) that often? You know what? Not as much as you would think we do. I think um, I think I'm really not observant, though, either. So I'm probably no, bad not. to answer no. this. <laughs> um, no, not really. Not too much. No, I, surprisingly, well, the thing with Disneyland and DCA is since it's such a local park, it's always so packed. Yeah, it's, it's not much of a traveler's destination as much as Disney World, for sure, because there's two parks that you can knock out in two or three days uh, versus Disney World. I mean, there's still so much there that we haven't even gotten a chance to see or do that it, you just keep going back because there's always something different. Yeah, like with Disneyland and, and I feel like at Disneyland, like everyone's a uh, pass holder. So you just have so many people just every weekend or even during the week, you know, cause you know, you have a lot of people that work on the weekends as well. They're just always there. And it's so hard to find an empty day at the California parks. Yeah. One of my lifelong goals is I want to have a very uh, solid relationship with like one go-to bartender. <laughs> and I think I, I can get there at Geyser point. Like that's my goal in Disney world. But I feel like in Disneyland, it would be even easier Maybe you you just pick out one bartender at Trader Sam's and like that's your go to bartender. That's true. Yeah. um, Yeah. I guess like at Lamplight Lounge, we have had a lot of the same um, bartenders there. Actually, Yeah, that's definitely our go to spot. That's our go to spot for some drinks. So we've had quite a few of the same people. You always feel a sense of accomplishment when a cast member actually recognizes you. They don't necessarily know how they recognize you or just, oh, I served on you before. But we definitely have that at Lamplight Lounge. We're like, yeah, we're we're regulars. Well, and and, and, uh, Tortilla Joe's, too. We've had the same waiter and he always remembers us. And he gives me um, their hot sauce that they serve there. He like sneaks me a bottle. He smuggles it to you. (laughs) (laughs) We could not go to Lamplight Lounge. We would eat way too many of those mini donuts. Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) It's all so good. Yeah, Lamplight's just, that's our go-to restaurant for sure. We love it. So I love that. And thank you for laying that foundation for learning about what your Disney stories are. And I think that helps people understand a little bit more of where you're coming from. So where did Mouse Park Insider, where did it get its start? What was the initial spark or that initial conversation that got it off the ground? Well, I guess I kind of started it. Um, I was taking some uh, computer programming classes And one of the courses I had to take to get my certificate was a social media course. And so I'm thinking about like, I don't know what to do. It had to be um, some kind of business. So I decided, you know, what, I'm going to do like a travel blog for Disney. Um, My whole personal Instagram page was already just nothing but Disney. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, let's just take this step and do this. And that's kind of where it all started. Then once the class was finished, I kind of decided to 
keep going about it, but I needed some help. And that's when I brought uh, Danny in. Well, I, I think I almost kind of forced myself into it, though, because I didn't know that he was planning on continuing this. Like for his class, it was literally maybe two or three posts that he did. Uh, and then suddenly I got a notification. Mouse Park Insider posted for the first time in a while. I'm like, oh, wait, you're still doing this? I looked at the photo. I'm like, do you want my help? Do you want me to do this with you? <laughs> and he had always wanted to do a podcast. I mean, he's been talking about doing a podcast for years. And this was the one that he was finally able to get me on board because we both love Disney so much. And it was like, okay, like that could be fun. Let's do it. So we finally did. Yeah, I figured if I get the uh, wife on board, it'll definitely happen. So uh, <laughs> that was kind of my whole thing. So, so there was never any hesitation about the podcast for you, Danny. You were just all on board. Yeah. I mean, the more that I can talk about Disney, the better. We have people in our lives that like Disney, but not love it like we do. So being able to kind of connect to an audience that we knew were just obsessed, just as obsessed about Disney as we are. I was like, okay, we can, we can meet some people through this and kind of get an outlet for everything that we love to talk about that people are kind of like, stop talking about it. Yeah, going to the parks just uh, wasn't enough for us. We kind of needed more Disney in our life. You can never have too much Disney. Oh, never. I think that's something that everyone here at least can relate to. <laughs> but I'm we're always so interested in like how other couples work together because for us it's something that we're always still after 2 years trying to figure out. So, when you guys decided to take on Mouse Park Insider, did you just say, you know, this is going to be a joint effort? We're going to do this 50 50? Or <laughs> did you kind of assign tasks to each other? So it definitely started out as more me telling Tony, okay, this is your thing. I will help as needed. I'll provide the photos, whatever you need. Uh, and then I just kind of ended up taking over the Instagram a whole lot more than he does, just because I think that's where um, I don't, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but I think that's where my talent is better suited, I'll say, than the podcast. And he definitely just kind of naturally took over the podcast with the ideas. Uh, I'll still collaborate with him for every single Instagram post that I do just to make sure, do you like this idea? Do you have any ideas for tomorrow? Uh, but he's he's really 100% the podcast and I'm just kind of the co-host for him because he comes up with all of the ideas. Well, and that's so interesting because it's something like Catherine said, we've struggled with trying to figure out exactly where our time is best spent. And I think a lot of times you fall into this fallacy that we've got to do everything together. And, you know, like I personally struggle with doing something and wanting to ask Catherine's permission or as <laughs> I guess permission's not the right word, but Catherine's approval before I post anything. Did you have to kind of set any of those guidelines or like, you know, here's what falls in your category. Here's what falls in my category. Or those things kind of fall naturally in place. I'll let you take that one, Tony. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, um, we don't do anything without each other's approval just because, um, you know, as Danny does do the Instagram account, she works on it. We do ask each other's uh, opinion on things first, like before anything gets posted, we go through it together. And just to, I think, kind of make sure that it's something that we both like and want as a reflection of what Mouse Park Insider is. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that it kind of became an organic conversation versus something that was kind of forced. It was just because we started it together uh, and we talked about it together and we would do it together. So it was just it was natural for us to just kind of talk to each other 
on both ends of it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there still are those times where, you know, one of us might post a story or something yeah, and then we'll get a text like 30 seconds later from the other. Why'd you post that? What'd you do? It's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> that I'm was sorry. a good idea. <laughs> so those definitely still do exist, but for the most part, we're pretty good about that. So would you say it's easier working together as a team or do you think it would be easier to go at it on your own? Oh, I think it's definitely easier as a team, uh, just having somebody to kind of bounce your ideas off of and kind of just make sure that it's portraying what you want it to portray or that it looks the way that you want it to look or the conversation is what you want it to be. Um, Plus, it's just something fun for us to do together. So I definitely think it's better together than it would be separate. Yeah, I agree. Well, and and you mentioned before that, you know, just going to the parks and having those conversations with yourself or with, you know, uh, I guess a more casual Disney fan was something that wasn't enough for you. Do you think that having the podcast has scratched that itch, I guess, for lack of a better term, that that you're able to have those more in-depth conversations, even though sometimes podcasting feels very lonely, that you're just talking (laughs) into a microphone and putting it out there. Has it kind of satisfied that craving for you? I'm going to say yes and no. I I think it has because, I mean, it's cool to be able to talk and let other people know our opinions on things in the park, but we're not really getting that feedback back, I guess you could say. So there's definitely still a little bit missing and still a little bit more that we want. Like we definitely want to interact with people more. Like when we talk to people on our Instagram page, I think that's actually like the best feeling we get or people that have listened to the podcast and then like, like they reach out or they reach out and yeah. talk about an episode we just did. I think that's it's what like, really oh, people satisfies. People are listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think though, it's also just kind of the times. I mean, we haven't been to the parks obviously in so long that we're not really getting that I don't know, interaction that we could potentially have meeting up with people that live locally or are visiting Disneyland. So, yeah. Well, and we were told this is a conversation we've had so many times of how do you draw out those conversations through a medium like podcasting? Because it is sort of a passive thing that the listeners listen to it. And, you know, you can try to incite some sort of conversation, but a lot of times they're driving or something. And and it's just something where they can get some of that Disney fix that they're looking for. And we, our, our good friend Connor told us, he said that for every one person that reaches out, there's five others who share that same opinion or share that same passion and love you just as much. They just don't take that action. And I think that's true for me. I listen to so many podcasts that I've never had a direct conversation with the creators. But I think that is something that even transcends just podcasting that blogging is the same way or vlogging, you know, all of the different ways that you can do that. A lot of times people just take in the content. They love you as much as they possibly can, but there's nothing that you can do to make them have a conversation with you. And that's okay. That's so true. It's not like it's a video chat. No, yeah, absolutely. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's what scares me about doing lives. It's like now... If nobody truly is listening to what I'm saying, it's very visible. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've thought about doing like Instagram live videos, but I'm like, how many people are actually going to watch that? (laughs) (laughs) I'll stick to the podcast. Yeah. So another thing that I want to talk about is you guys started at the end of January. You put out how many episodes now? 21, right? 
20 something 24 25 maybe we should really know this <laughs> yeah every uh, every monday we try to release an episode every monday we've taken like i think maybe one break yeah we took a break yeah but yeah. for one week and every, that was yeah. all that we needed i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you definitely need a break once in a while but yeah i think about 25 episodes so far yeah. So you hit the ground running and you're killing it so far. You're killing it on Instagram, getting those iTunes review. And, you know, we've been listening and the episodes are just getting better and better and better. And so I feel like the sky is the limit for what you guys can accomplish. But I imagine whenever you sat down and put your plans on paper or had that conversation, a pandemic was not part of that conversation. So can you talk a little bit about how... COVID-19 has changed things? Like, are there limitations that it, you think that it put on getting this thing launched and getting it off the ground? Or has it opened up some new doors that you maybe didn't know were there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we could not have picked probably a, a worse timing for this to all kind of unfold. But uh, I think the biggest thing uh, from my point of view, luckily, we had spent so many years of our lives already going to the parks. And thank God I had Google Photos with all my old photos on it. Um, otherwise, the Instagram would not even exist right now because we would have run out of contact content so long ago. For the podcast, though, I think what's been most difficult is we were used to going to every Saturday. That was kind of our Disney day. We would go to the parks, we'd hang out, we would um, either meet up with friends or just go to Lamplight Lounge or whatever. And there was always kind of something new or some new experience going on that we were hoping to share through the podcast. Now, obviously, that's very different. There's no new experiences. So we're really relying upon kind of opinionated things, um, like what we like about the parks or don't like, or just past experiences. Yeah, I would say the podcast is definitely taking a hit. But I also think that a lot of people are reaching out for some kind of like um, Disney, you know, Disney, Disney magic, feeling, yeah. Disney magic, whatever you want to call it in their lives. And I don't know if it was a good time or a bad time to really start a podcast just because there are so many people that are looking for that feel of Disney. And I like to think that our podcast is giving that to them. Um, it's definitely been kind of harder for us to come up with content. I mean... I know we've been kind of always doing like the best, like we're doing the best and worst right now. And we're coming up with like certain subjects, but it's kind of, um, I notice a lot of other podcasts are doing that. So I definitely want to try something. I want to talk about different things once the parks open up, but yeah. it's just kind of hard <laughs> when we're not able to go there and experience like the new foods, the new things happening. So we do live through, um, you know, like YouTubers and other Instagram pages, but for right now it is a little stressful on us, but we are happy to definitely give that content out to people that aren't able to enjoy the parks. And I think that is very true that, that, I mean, we fall into that book that even, you know, especially when we were in Tennessee and we knew that the parks were not going to be something that we could go to uh, for a while, consuming content that was Disney related was, you know, a fix for a little while. And, and it, got us inspired or got us, you know, looking forward to whenever we would get to go back. And even with how crazy this world is, even now when the parks are 20 minutes away from us, it still feels like, you know, we're still watching vlogs when we're at home, which I, I thought that that would go away once we moved down here, to be honest, because I thought we can just go over there and experience it. Like we don't, we don't have to do this, but it's, I think you can't downplay how, important that is to some people's 
routines. And it sounds silly to say, but I do think it's true. No, totally. I mean, I, we tried once to take a break from Disneyland. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, just for like money purposes. We're like, you know what? Let's not renew our annual passes and just save that money for a bit. And we'll go back whenever we get the itch that we need to scratch. I think we lasted what, like eight weeks, six weeks. I wasn't. I don't even think it was that <laughs> and, long. And we were just like, no, we got to go back. We can't do this. So it's, <laughs> it's like, I mean, oh I mean, gosh. honestly, it's a lifestyle for people. People that's that's people's lives, Disney. And it's mm-hmm. hard to explain that to people that are outside of that Disney bubble and outside of that, like Disney feel like there's so many times where I'm just at work and I like, I catch myself talking to like di- about Disneyland to like all these people that do not care at all. But like, that's just my <laughs> life. That's kind of what it's become. And I've learned to just embrace it and just enjoy it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Well now Tony, we're in a good I, I'm, I'm not going to say a good position, but now a unique position because sports like I'm Disney first and I'm the same way. Sports come second. If I'm ever looking for a topic to talk about, <laughs> that's what comes up. And now I can relate the NBA to Disney or I can right? talk about the MLS <laughs> compared to Disney. And so it's a nice little bridge that's taking place where people are forced to have those Disney conversations with us sports fans. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I, uh, for the first time, uh, probably in my life, all my coworkers are talking to me about like the NBA Disney bubble that's going on. And <laughs> I'm so happy to talk about it. You're with like, them. Oh, Disney. I know this. <laughs> yeah. We, oh, did um, you know that you have to wear your face mask at the park? And then I go into other topics <laughs> outside of sports. But uh, yeah. From where we are, we have to pass Coronado anytime we go on property. And every time we're waving, hey, LeBron. <laughs> hey. I, I bet you he's waving back. <laughs> yep. Hey, Anthony Davis, we're looking for you. Well, and well, it almost fu- feels. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, no. Well, it's funny because from what I've heard, I think Robin and Brooke Lopez, I think they own property, I think, at Golden Oak, somewhere on uh, Disney World property. They own like a house and I don't even think they're allowed to stay at their house. Like they have to stay at the hotel, which Makes is kind sense. of funny. Oh, wow. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Robin's tweets about it. And, you know, he has got all the Disney people. <laughs> yes. He is. He said like he was practicing in the Fantasia ballroom. He's like, I don't know why every basketball <laughs> gym is not named after a classic Disney movie. Oh my movie. gosh. <laughs> We actually, we saw them at Disneyland. Uh, was it the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, opening of Galaxy's Edge. We were going to talk to um, the president of Disneyland at the time. Mm-hmm. And then um, we were going to go say hi. And then he saw Robin Lopez and then was like, all right, well, I'm going to talk Bye. to him instead. <laughs> yeah, it was Josh back then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, that is awesome. And we talked a little bit about that you are doing the best and the worst series right now. But we also want to talk about how do you come up with episode ideas do you think doing a series like that or something where you can bounce from park to park is something that you want to continue doing or you know what what do you enjoy creating the most so i think the series i'm going to speak for tony because it was his idea i think that was kind of trying to buy us time (laughs) we were like okay what can we talk about and it was easy because you can do each park that way. You can, you know, list your favorite things and least favorite things about each park. So we knew that that would at least secure us for a couple of weeks. Now we're done with that series. So I don't know what brilliant thing he has next in store. Yeah. I have to think of something to, for uh, tomorrow's podcast we're going to record and I have no idea what it's going to be yet. Um, but how do you think of things? I mean, you always just come to me with a couple ideas. I'm like, okay, yeah. Honestly, I just, 
I think about things that I would want to have a conversation with someone about. Um, there's times where, you know, like we have a couple friends we go to the parks with and we have conversations and I try to look back at those conversations and I just try to think about things that, you know, if I was at work or if I was driving to work or just cleaning the house, I just try to think about things that I would like to listen to. And I've noticed from Disney podcasts that I listen to, I like to listen just to regular just Disney fans who just kind of talk about their experiences in the park. And those are usually my favorite uh, podcasts to listen to. So I kind of just go off of that. When you come up with these ideas, you know, do you kind of talk through it with each other or do you just like throw out the idea and then you just have a more candid conversation? So this is what happens. It it ends up, we (laughs) record on Sundays, release the episode on Monday usually. And usually we record around like two o'clock on Sunday, I would say. And about Sunday around 12 o'clock, I tell Danny what the episode's going to be about and figure out her idea, (laughs) figure out what she thinks about it. And then we end up recording. He's definitely, um, I don't want to call you a procrastinator, even though you are, but he's definitely more of a last minute kind of person. And I really like to plan. So it's kind of finding that uh, good medium in between the two of us. Yeah. So that's, that's, if I'm going to be completely honest, that's how the recording goes. (laughs) Keeping hey, it real. <laughs> Sometimes we press record with no agenda, <laughs> no anything. Just let's just see where see. this conversation goes. Yeah. You do have to edit out just, some uh, pauses. <laughs> thinking, but I think you just gave us an idea for tomorrow's episode. Oh, no. <laughs> the no agenda episode. Let's just do it. Watch my anxiety rise. <laughs> I was going to say Danny's worst nightmare. <laughs> I'll have a bottle of wine. We'll be okay. Oh, perfect. There we go. <laughs> Well, good deal. This has been such a fun first half of the episode, learning more about the podcast and more about you guys and your stories. And I think so many people can relate to that. And so we thank you so much for sharing all that. We'll take a quick break and hear a message from our partners, and then we'll be back to play our new Fast Pass round. Your brand identity means so much, and your online presence is affected by it to the greatest extent. A lot of times we hate to say it, but your logo or the first appearance that people get is all they need to know whether they're going to explore you further or they're going to move on to the next account. Our friend Kelly from Karma and Kismet has been helping us with some of our branding strategies, which you will see rolled out very, very soon. And we are super excited for it. And the process has been amazing. Kelly is such a great marketer and such a great artist that blending those together has really been one of the biggest helps to us. And we are so excited to roll out a new brand identity soon. Nothing too different than what we are, but just to try to encapsulate in art form who we are and what we are about. So if that's something that you would need help with, head to Karma and KismetDesigns.com. There you'll find the services tab and you can find all about the different services that Kelly offers and you can go from there and reach out and she will start working with you and it will be great. So again, that's karma and kismetdesigns.com. The link to that will be down in our show notes. We highly recommend reaching out to Kelly today. Okay, we're back and we are ready to spin our roulette wheel. Are you guys ready? I was born for this. Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. So question number one, where would you want to take Walt for a drink? Okay. So many places. Um, I think I would want to take Walt to the OG Disneyland Park. 
And I think that I would want to share some kind of cocktail with him above Pirates of the Caribbean. There used to be this big art gallery there. And now it's like this private dining area that you can rent out for thousands of dollars for a meal. I think that it'd be really cool just to kind of hang out up there with him and just drink and talk about the parks. Okay, so I think if I were to have a drink anywhere with Walt... I think he'd be kind of tired. I think, you know, I think I would just like to go up to his apartment, buy a six pack and uh, (laughs) have some conversations with him there in his apartment above the uh, fire station on Main Street. That would be where I would want to go. Is this like Natty Ice or (laughs) are we good? I I don't know. Honestly, I feel like Walt would be a Pabst Blue Ribbon kind of guy. That's just that's just my opinion. But it's not my cup of tea, but whatever he wants. (laughs) I guess with his Missouri ties, maybe he's a. He's a Budweiser guy. Oh, maybe. Okay. I, I don't know if I could do Budweiser. Maybe a Bud Light. I don't know if I could do a Budweiser. <laughs> Hang up. That's like a loaf of bread. Yeah. That's what we always put in college. Yeah. <laughs> so next one is your least favorite Disney movie. Oh, that is so hard. It can't be that hard. We just watched a really bad one we last week. Did, yeah. Okay. I think so. I'm really not a fan. This won't be my answer, but I, just to preface, I'm really not a fan of any of the live actions, but trying to think of which one of those I like the least is difficult. So I think I'm going to go with what we just watched last week for the first time, which was Emperor's New Groove. And I, I only watched it because um, somebody was talking about how it's an underrated movie. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I never saw that movie. And then I watched it. I'm like, no, it's not underrated at all. It's horrible. <laughs> I did not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, mine's probably uh, Return of Jafar. <laughs> oh, my God. I loved that movie as a kid. I haven't watched it as an adult, though. Yeah. Really, any of the animated sequels are just not my cup of tea either. Those are just not good. Not not a, not a fan. <laughs> I feel like you, Catherine, didn't you have a similar relax- reaction to Emperor's New Groove? I did. Well, and I again, I remember watching it as a kid and there was like a period of time where I feel like everyone was talking about it or somehow it just came back up. So thank you, Disney Plus. We watched it <laughs> and I was pretty underwhelmed. Brendan, you loved it. Well, and I'm thinking about why I love it. I think I just really love David Spade. And so if it wasn't him, I may not like it as much. That's true. Okay. We That's we fair. like David Spade yeah. too. We saw him do stand up not too long ago. Yeah, in Orange was, County, yeah. He was really good. Mm. Oh my gosh, our wheel sucked. It gave us the same yeah, question. Yeah, I don't again. know why that happened. Bad wheel. <laughs> it didn't like our answer. You know what? Actually, I want to change my answer. I want to change my answer actually. Oh, now, now that I think about it, do, do Star Wars and Marvel movies count? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, wow. Attack of the Clones. That movie just is awful. <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh Thor Dark World. That would be my choice. <laughs> not, not a fan of that one either, to be honest with you. There's a lot of Marvel. There's a lot of good Marvel movies. There's a lot of really bad Marvel movies. I wouldn't say a lot. There's a good amount. <laughs> a handful. <laughs> so the next one is name one Disney character you'd want to spend the day with. Oh. I'm going to go with Han Solo. I think he's oh, really cool. cool. Um, you know, I think I'm going to go with Miko from Pocahontas simply because (laughs) I want a raccoon following me around everywhere. And Miko reminds me a lot of my favorite cat that we have, although I shouldn't 
you know, pick favorites, but I definitely do. And they just have the same personality. So I think having uh, my cat as a raccoon instead would be amazing. You better have lots of snacks. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's the only reason he would stay with me. <laughs> our cat, like, he doesn't even eat, like, real food. He eats just, like, random things off the floor. Yeah, he, he, he's he never like stops vacuum. eating. He just eats everything. <laughs> he's like your own personal Roomba. Yeah, he really is. He is. He just <laughs> crawls around the floor just licking dirt off the floor. We can't stop him. <laughs> so I know you guys talked about this in a recent episode of your best and worst, but we're going to ask you to... Determine it again, your favorite attraction in Hollywood Studios. Okay, that's so easy for me. Tower of Terror. I love Tower of Terror. I was really bummed when they got rid of it at uh, California Adventure, although I do love Guardians of the Galaxy. So I was surprisingly pleased with it. But when I went on Tower of Terror at Disney World for the first time, it's so different from the one that we had in California because you guys actually go into like a different room and then you're actually at the elevator later on. So the first time we went on it, I just remember looking at Tony. I was like, what are we doing? I thought this was Tower of Terror. Why are we moving right now? So I love that ride. I could go on it a million times in a row. Yeah, that's definitely the best version that I've been on so far. Um, My favorite ride at Hollywood Studios. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to go with Rise of Resistance, to be honest. It's just... For me, Rise of Resistance is just the next level of attraction. Like it gives me the same feeling um, I had when I rode Indiana Jones for the first time back in like, I think, 94, 95, whenever that came out. And it's just such a epic ride. It has everything. And yeah, Rise of Resistance for sure. So two things. Um, yes, on Rise of Resistance, but also on Tower. Um so think about the difference between the DCA and the Hollywood Studios version. I know for you, you were shocked that you went in a hallway. Mm-hmm. Think about it from our perspective. We were <laughs> expecting a hallway. And it just, and it just dropped. dropped. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's terrifying. That was terrifying. The other thing was it went, I saw a video and I know a lot of people don't like to see the back backstage stuff or like behind the scenes stuff, but they had, someone had to get evac'd in the hallway that you go through oh. so you could oh, see wow. how they set up all the mirrors and the illusions for that portion of it. It was crazy. I'm going to have to find that. That sounds really cool. That is, is there a video of that online? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I saw it in an Instagram story, but I bet it's made its way to YouTube. Okay. <laughs> we'll definitely watch that. Yeah. So the next one is the worst thing you've ever eaten in Disney. Oh man. See, this is hard for me because I'm a very picky eater. So I kind of don't eat anything unless I'm almost guaranteed that I'm going to like it. Like the plainer, the better for me. Um, <laughs> she she hates great things. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing. Boy, I, I'm going to pause and let you go first. Oh, you're going to let me go first. Yeah. Okay. Um, the worst thing I've ever had at a Disney park is going to be be uh, honestly i wasn't a fan of the like the what are they like the pineapple cheese egg rolls and pandora oh, oh yes yeah. those the, were horrible and like i'm going with that one too I, I think people were so they were hyping it up so much and then when we finally had them we were like mm, mm, not fans yeah yeah i would definitely have to second that one. Oh wow that sounds terrible well i've never even like proposed it to you because i knew that yeah. you wouldn't eat it <laughs> Yeah, nah, it, it sounds good on paper, but uh, when you eat it, not very good. And I actually, I listened to your guys' episode um, 
And I have to agree with you guys on the Galaxy's Edge popcorn. Oh, yeah, that popcorn's horrible. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't like it at all. I don't even know what it's supposed to really be flavored like. Well, we were in line for the cantina and then some guy in front of us just gave it, gave us his popcorn. And I probably shouldn't be eating food from strangers, but I just, it was the opening day. I'm like, you know what, whatever. We're all comrades here. Yeah, and I (laughs) ate it and nah, not good. Well, at least you didn't have to pay for it. That's true. Right? Yeah, that, that's there was a positive there. <laughs> it's like fruity pebbles and pepper. Yes, I mean, it's weird. Yeah, it's like weird. if it was only the fruity pebble flavor, I'd be okay. I still well, wouldn't pay for it though. No. <laughs> <laughs> so next one is your favorite animatronic of all time. That is so easy for me. I am obsessed with Captain Rex from the OG Star Tours. I just, I always joke that he was my first love um, and that I got to get, you know, a Captain Rex tattoo somewhere on me. So when he was reintroduced in the cantina as DJ Rex, I cried when I saw him. I was so (laughs) unbelievably happy. And we went to um, Disneyland Paris back in 2014, I think. Mm-hmm. 2015 and they still had the OG Star Tours there and so we got to see Captain Rex and he talked French to me so that was like I was just in love all over again so definitely Captain <laughs> Rex for me um for me honestly I'm kind of just um I like Billy the Goat on Big Thunder Railroad to be <laughs> honest with you I'm more of like a classic guy and I love the Country Bears from Country Bear Jamboree those oh, are they're she, the worst. Danny's not a Country Bear fan but no. I am <laughs> We're with you. Yeah, same day. And I love the dad on Carousel of Progress. Oh, well, he's great. Especially when he breaks down and spazzes out. (laughs) Yeah, John Progress did not do well during quarantine. No. No, poor guy. (laughs) So next would be, which movie deserves its own land or attraction? Oh, you want me to go first on this one? Okay. So an episode we did a while back, we were... We actually had an episode about this and what I still think they should do is make a year round nightmare before Christmas ride at Hollywood studios. And it should be by the tower of terror, um, Aerosmith rock and roller coaster area. And like the whole line you're going through Halloween land and the whole ride is, um, the boogeyman returns steal Santa Claus. And you don't know what land, uh, what holiday tree he went into. So you're, with Jack trying to find Santa and you're going through all the holidays, kind of like how it's a small world goes through different countries. Uh, you're going through all the different holidays with Jack trying to help save Santa. Okay. That's good. I'm not going to top that. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, kind of, I think I said this on that episode too, and I would love to see it. Um, so Tom Sawyer Island, uh, or pirates lair does absolutely nothing for me. And I think that it'd be really cool to revamp as like a Pocahontas land, uh, and, you know, just kind of feed off the nature there. So maybe something like that. I do love Pocahontas. Those are both very good. And Tony, you put a lot of thought into that. Like that was oh, very uh, specific. I, I, I dream about that attraction happening. I do think it'll happen one day. I, I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas kind of has to eventually have a year round attraction. Yeah, it's so good. I can't decide what I like more. Haunted Mansion. Uh, yeah, the Haunted Mansion as like. OG Haunted Mansion at Disneyland or as Nightmare Before Christmas. I love them both so much. Yeah. And I'm like, as much as I love the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, I'm kind of tired of how long the Nightmare Before Christmas attraction is, does take over the Haunted Mansion. That's true. Like they started in August and it lasts till about February. So then we only get the regular Haunted Mansion from like February to August. So I definitely wish they would just kind of come out with a year round attraction for that. (laughs) 
We are torn on that because Haunted Mansion Holiday is probably like one of my top three favorite attractions I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> we've only been to Disneyland once as adults. We went in October. I loved fall in Disneyland, but I want to experience normal Haunted Mansion as well. But I'm not, I don't know if I'm willing to give up not going during fall again. Yeah. So See, I a, love your guys' really Haunted you. Mansion. <laughs> yeah, I think your guys' Haunted Mansion is better than ours. It's definitely, um, it tops it, but... I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I really can't decide. I love Haunted Mansion Holiday. It's so good. And they just brightened up our graveyard scene again in Did Disney they? World. Yeah. <laughs> was it back in January or February? I think that they was the last time we went. And they, I'm not sure, but they just did it again, like, this past weekend. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's just as simple as changing light bulbs or (laughs) what it is, but I I saw someone posting about how it's really brightened up again. So yeah, Disneyland, like they never brighten it up in there. I don't know if I'm not sure, but when you go to Disney World and you experience it, like everything just looks so much brighter. Everything's much more clear. You see everything a lot, uh, a lot better on your guys's version. So next is just flat out. I know this is a hard one. Flat out, what's your favorite Disney movie? This is the hardest one for me. Um, I think, okay, so I love all the like 80s, 90s kind of classic animation type Disney movies. But I think my go-to that I can never get tired of watching is probably Oliver and Company. I just, I love it. Um yeah, I, I just love Oliver and Company so much. My favorite's probably Empire. There I think that's the strongest of all the Star Wars films. So Empire for sure. Catherine has a dog named after. Yeah, Tito for <gasps> Oliver and Company. I have a cat. I have Oliver. Oh. <laughs> That's a very underrated movie. I it think. really is. And I think that's why it's like always my go to because it's just you don't really see a lot of merch about it or anything like that. So I just love that movie. I saw the coolest uh, like lounge fly backpack the other day. That was Oliver and Company. Oh, my gosh. I'll have to find that. It was very cool. How does Loungefly come out with so many backpacks, Dave, by the way? I want every single backpack that they have. <laughs> like, I feel like every day I'm seeing a new Loungefly backpack. I'm like, how do they do it? Just, yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> They're uh, killing it. Well, we also need, they don't hold anything. So I don't understand yeah. <laughs> how it's such a profitable business. Like, so true. But, but who knows? Maybe yeah. we just have too much stuff. Well, that's true. I'm pretty pale. I need a lot of sunscreen. <laughs> a lot of sunscreen. <laughs> Um, so next would be if you could experience one past or extinct attraction or show, which one would it be? Mine will be the great movie ride. I never got to experience that. And it has so many of my favorite movies. I'm a big movie buff. So that was one ride I always wanted to go on. Um, and I never got to experience. So that's kind of always going to be a a sore subject for me. (laughs) Um, I think mine is actually one that I have experienced, but I didn't appreciate it um, the way that I should have when it was around. And that's going to be Frozen at the Hyperion. So I was not a Frozen fan with Frozen 1. I was kind of, I didn't understand the hype around it. I thought Tangled was so much better. 
And then Frozen 2 came out. And now I understand it completely. I love Frozen. Frozen 2 really changed that for me. So I would like to go back and watch the show at the Hyperion again and really be able to appreciate it now that I love the subject of it. That was when (laughs) we have a very funny story about going to see Frozen there. But I feel like it was very good. Don't you agree? It was very good. We had one missed line and then we had technical difficulty. So I feel like we got a one of a kind show. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say it was they had like a technical difficulty where like something about the sled didn't work. And then I don't remember what the line was, but it was one of those that's like iconic. Like I could quote it, but the poor actress on stage messed it up. So it was really strange. Also, I think that I'm an idiot. Frozen is still there, isn't it? It just feels like it's not because we haven't been at the parks in forever. <laughs> no, no, it, it's still there. But you're not. You're not an idiot. Aladdin left okay. there. Oh man, it's okay. You're okay. Horrible. Whatever. It's extinct to me because I haven't been there in like five months. So, <laughs> well, if it's anything like Disney World, shows are not going to open up anytime soon. So it feels That's that true. Way. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Thank you, it's making fair. me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> So the last fast pass round question for today is what is your, or who, I guess I should say, who is your favorite villain? Okay. Mine is definitely Cruella DeVille because she is to me the most evil villain. I mean, how can you kill puppies? And I've just, I love Hunter and Dalmatians and she is just the perfect villain, but a close second would definitely be Hades because I love him. I'm probably going to pick... Thanos. Thanos is probably the best, I think, Disney villain. I mean, he killed half the world with a snap of a finger. I don't think it gets any uh, worse than that. So Thanos. But did he kill half the world's puppies? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure puppies counted, right? Like, I don't know. Probably. Um, So, Danny, you mentioned that you do not like the live actions. How do you feel about the Emma Stone, Cruella DeVille movie? Okay, see, I want to be excited about it because I love Emma Stone and I think she'll do great. But I was also really excited about Beauty and the Beast because who doesn't love Emma Watson? And I was so disappointed with that movie. So, I, I mean, I'll still go see it. It'll still be like night of that it's released will still go and I'll hope that I like it and I'll probably still walk away you know with my head hung low like why did I think it was going to be any different (laughs) yeah see I I love the live action films I think they're just so much uh, they're just so dumb and like they're so terrible like I enjoy watching them like I just know what I'm going to get myself into when I watch them that's that's good you have to have like realistic expectations yeah like there really hasn't been a good one yet that i can think of the jungle book was good that's the the one that i think i enjoyed the most was the jungle book yeah but i hope somebody gets this reference but whenever forever it'll be ingrained in my brain whenever i think about live action beauty and the beast i'll think about that doll that they made that was supposed to look like emma watson (laughs) but it looked like justin bieber yes it looked awful that was horrible yeah Yeah. i feel like that's just symbolic of the movie itself (laughs) (laughs) well good deal well this has been so much fun we thank you guys for answering our questions and letting our listeners know a little bit more about your disney fandom uh so our very last question something we ask all of our guests is if you could give one piece of parting guidance to a listener out there who's thinking about jumping into this community, maybe creating their own podcast or starting their own shop or starting a blog, whatever it might be, what would be your advice to that person? 
So I would say um, for us, the hardest thing was kind of almost getting like too hard on yourself if the content you were putting out at first wasn't getting the reaction that you were hoping for. And then you kind of start questioning, well, am I doing this right? Um, Should I just quit, you know, and not even, you know, quit while I'm ahead? I would say, you know, keep at it do like find something that you enjoy and share that with, you know, the world, because there's other people out there, out there that are going to enjoy the exact same thing that you're enjoying. So I think once we were able to kind of take a step back, ignore the numbers associated with a post or a podcast listen, and just really do something we were enjoying and something we wanted to share, we started not only having a lot more fun with it, but we actually got more successful with it. It's almost as if like people saw the realness coming out um, and just like being true to yourself throughout the whole process. I think that that's going to get you a lot further ahead than you would initially think it would. Yeah, um, I'm going to second that. I just think if you're going to do it, just do it. Have fun with it and don't let others kind of get you down. Don't take things too serious. Like it is a Disney account and you know, you kind of expect everyone to like, Oh, everyone else, all these other people love Disney. So you expect all these other people to like, just love you and embrace you. But I mean, it's still the world and there are, there is some negativity in the Disney, uh, community, but just don't let that get you down. Cause it's so much, it's so minimal compared to the good stuff out there. Yes, exactly. And once we stopped focusing on like the little things that were kind of like, eh, like kind of, I guess, what would you call it? Like just upsetting us or just kind of bumming us out. <laughs> um, yeah, we just got a lot better and more successful. I kind of stumbled on my words there. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do Black. think that is a valid point. Uh, and we've went through the same experience of that. You've got to, you know, let go of some of that smaller stuff and just embrace that you're enjoying the moment and you're enjoying creating the content that you want to. And I do think you're exactly right that people latch onto that, that people uh, really start to connect with that and understand that. And, and that's where you start seeing the success that, that you hope for all along. And, and then it starts to compound on itself and then you have something really great. So I think that is wonderful advice. We thank you both so much for joining us today. We had such a blast chatting with you. If you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you online. So they can find us on Instagram and on anywhere you get your podcast. We are Mouse Park Insider. Perfect. Those uh, links and everything will be in our show notes. So if you're looking to connect with Danny and Tony, make sure you check those out. And like Brendan said, we're so glad you guys were able to join us today. We had a blast. Thank you guys so much. We had so much fun. It was a really fun time. Thank you. It was nice being able to talk Disney during the pandemic. So it was it was cool to have people (laughs) talking back to us. Since you guys are able to go to the parks and we're not. So Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.